This is Miss Sony Lanza, and you are listening to The Movement Bottega. If you've ever worked with me, you probably heard me mention the name Heidi Burns, the woman who changed my life. I met Heidi back in 2015. She was referred to me after reaching the end of my rope, hopping from one doctor to the next to address my chronic pain from a series of injuries. Heidi and her work not only changed my life, but was a catalyst to my journey as a movement specialist, and I continue to apply her methods to my work today. What I love most about Heidi is she has an unwavering dedication to the work and her students. On today's episode, Heidi talks about discovering who you are as a teacher and finding integrity in your work. Enjoy. Heidi, I can't even explain how excited I am that you are on this podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. So I'm doing okay. So for people who who don't know who you are, do you want to give them a, a, a brief a brief little synopsis of who Heidi Burns is? Uh, well, the briefest version would be I'm a Pilates instructor. <laughs> to elaborate slightly, um, I came to it through injury. Um, I learned a crap ton about it um, from the um, the experience of colliding with Rebecca Leone and having her in my training program. We went through the same program at the same time. And through her uh, growing of her business and how she wanted to proceed, um, I, I tagged along with that vision and learned um, an outrageous amount, way beyond what I ever expected I would learn from my Pilates program. And that has set the, uh, the trajectory or the trail for how I like to teach said Pilates. So what, um, how, how old were you when, when you first got, cause you started off pretty early on teaching Pilates, didn't you? I did. I got certified. Um, well, I was in my training program when I was 20, I was 21 when I, when I tested out of the program and I'm 41. So I've been doing this for 20 years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So what now you've kind of elaborated your, what you provide people and, um, but I do want to just give you a little bit of a, a, a shout out here because I, everyone who knows me knows the mysterious Heidi, who I'm always talking about, you but you, you just have, are just the, by far the most brilliant human being I think I've, I've ever come across. And you have, a, a, so I just, I, I'm, I'm just going to give you the little props. I know you don't like to be put on the spot, but here we are, Heidi. So let's just raise the roof right here. Let's just raise the roof. (laughs) But um, you, I I love how you just strip everything down, like even more thorough than, than most will. And like, how did you come to that process of how you, you build everyone up from the ground up? Sure. Well, again, I mean, this, I mean, Rebecca's name is going to come up constantly. So there's, there's that. I mean, I bet that she is essentially responsible for, um, in a mentorship like way. I mean, we have a very, uh, lovely story, (laughs) uh, from our time together, uh, which continues on. Um, but having been from really, I guess, to really, really start it off, it was the dance world. So having come from that and having been completely 
you know, with blinders on dedicated to that world as a child, um, you learn how to slow down and learn process. Just the whole idea of honoring process um, and allowing yourself a level of vulnerability and kind of a, you know, surviving in a place of wonderment to enjoy not knowing the outcome of something. Um, And so that is a, um, a common struggle uh, from client to client. Uh, and, and I've noticed through the, the last decade, it has increased quite a bit. Um, uh, the overarching thing to be teaching is um, patience and process. You know, it's okay not to know how something's going to turn out before it happens. It's okay to have a general goal. Goals are great, but to dogmatically force yourself to know this is going to happen in this allotted amount of time, God damn it, and that's just how it is. Um, it's like, I mean, that, that's quite, that's quite a, a setup for potentially it going the way you think it should, but then it's just as likely that it's going to um, cause a lot of heartache because it doesn't go that way all the time. Um, the way you might think. So taking the general idea that let, let's dive into um, the set of criteria uh, that I set up at the beginning of a session um, based off of how bodies work, you know, the safest way to be in your body versus the, the things that tend to create um, injury or ca- cause harm in some way, deviating away from that, explaining why that's a thing. And um, taking a person through whatever the process might be, depending on who they are and what they're like and what their life looks like to help them uh, get better. Um, The reason why I'm using words like better or pain-free or what have you is because as a result of working like this, it weeds out um, people who are feeling really optimal. Um, There's something that happens when you're feeling really optimal in your body, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you, you, and, it's, and how can somebody know if they've never really felt injury or some, something that stops them in their tracks and makes it so they have to address their body in a particular way? If they don't know what that's like, everything's great and, and you just want to get going. And I totally yeah. get that. And so having somebody methodically start you when you're chomping at the bit to get moving and sweat and feel all those muscles and wake up the next day, you know, barely able to stand up because you're so sore and you love that. Um, This can be a bit, you know, like eye rollingly, almost like a yawn of, oh my God, what is this? And when are we going to start going? So as a result, they get weeded out and I'm left with people who are potentially older because, you know, time on the planet has caused stuff in their bodies that they now have to reconcile. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, metaphorically speaking, they're coming in, hanging their head, realizing what they've done to themselves through the last 40, 50, 60 years and go, okay, it's time to, it, it's actually time to address this. Um, or somebody who is, um, sports driven, you know, they got a goal that way. Maybe they're, I don't really have any of that population right now, but I did a lot with Rebecca. That was one of her, um, specialties, if you will, or, or interests, um, is, and still is, is, is this, is the, um, athlete. 
And so um, there were more athletes in my life at that time working with her directly. Um, but, but when you have that kind of, like the blinders I was talking about earlier, as a, especially as a young person or a child that's got that kind of focus, you're, you're different than the average person your age potentially. And um, that, that methodology of uh, and viewing something that's extremely hard is kind of hardwired in. So it's the injured and it's, it's the people who have um, a larger fitness goal than the average person who might, might be just using it for health benefit. Um, they tend to be my population and you can dive deep with that. And there really hasn't been anything I'd have to do to, to cause one group of people to show up over another. It's just, you know, if you're, if you, we, I usually have a conversation with people, you know, I run my own business now and this was also true when I worked with Rebecca, you have a conversation on the phone and you assess with somebody and find out if what you're saying is something that they're interested in. And so by session one, it, it, the fact that I work like that is of no mystery. Um, in a studio setting where we both came from and met each other, that's different because they don't really know what they're getting. They just see somebody's hour is open on their book. And if, if heaven forbid, it's me, um, you know, either they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Or, oh, what is, have I done? You know, and then I'll always direct them to somebody who is less wordy. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to like the process, um, especially for other teachers out there, I know like one of the most difficult things is because people are concerned. I don't want to say concerned, but they're so focused on retention and it's like the combination of entertainment and like, how do I just keep the client and sometimes the integrity of the work gets lost a little bit or you have to dilute integrity to thinking you have to keep people like look at the puppet kind of thing. So yeah. from, from, but from working with you on a personal level, like I know why I kept <laughs> harassing you, but you also have other people that are extremely loyal to, to your work. So how, as a teacher who's done this for so long, what is like a, a message you would give to other teachers about um, finding your voice and instilling that and showing its value to the client? Sure. Well, not to sound too much like a greeting card or a self-help book, but, <laughs> but here it comes. Um, I, I think that fundamentally, and once again, I, I very much got to see this in action with Rebecca, is that um, that that idea of authenticity. Like, mm -hmm. I think a person really needs to sit down, you know, regardless of whether you're going to open up your own studio or if you are in looking looking to a studio to work for. Um, you know, I've learned that it, it, the minute you derail yourself or to convince yourself that you're what makes you tick, you're, you're going to fit into some other, other ideal. And you're, you're, you know, you can do that. I can do that. That's fine. I'm just going to like, well, this is the, this is how they work here, or this is what this population wants that I'm living around. I'm going to facilitate whatever it is they want, you know, and, and while that's not a totally bad thing, if you have never sat yourself down and asked yourself what kind of movement teacher you want to be, you know, are you, do you want to move fast? 
do you want to take make people sweat you know i've i've worked for for studio owners who have said if you're not throwing up you're not working hard enough are if if that i mean i'm not going to come to your class but if that's you you need to you know <laughs> display that you have to be crystal clear with who you are and what kind of teacher you want to be um aside from I mean, you know, I have all things to say about safety. You know, that, that's me. Like wh when I sit down and I think about, okay, what kind of teacher am I am based off of my, my experiences um, with Rebecca's studio, with the studio we met at, um, you know, sitting myself down. I mean, it also boils to be what kind of person you are in the world. I mean, it all comes together as one, you know? So it is, if you can define that and then never derail from that. Um, there is something extremely valuable that you might not see coming with being insistent about who you are to the work you're doing. Yeah. Integrity, massive levels of integrity. And no matter what's coming at you, if, you're, if you allow yourself to exercise that and get good at it, you can start to really, really, really know when to call bullshit on something when to run far away from it. You don't even have to spend any time with it, you know, and through so much trial and error through my life. I mean, come on, we can talk about this, the relationship, yeah, yeah. what, you know, friendship, whatever. Um, the, the more I would hope, the more that we uh, make mistakes in that realm, we go, okay, I'm never doing that again. Like there's no category of my life in which I can allow that in, um, whatever that is for you. Um, so for instance, I, my, I, everything that I do is about safety in the joints, right? So, um, making sure that you are s sustaining utmost safety in the way that spines work in the way that, um, we're designed moving by design and it, you know, to having, having had the amazing experiences of going into cadaver labs and being exposed to anatomists that um, Rebecca exposed me to and um, not having any of that come from an industry specifically you know so no one that was you know because you can get you can get the wrong kind of blinders on yeah. where you you're in love with the people that you're in love with in the Pilates industry because you got to know them really well and you know they told you some secrets and and now you're their new best friend and this whole group of people you love to death. And, but that's not Pilates. That's a, that's a personal friendship. And I think that we, we confuse the two that we think, so therefore we allow for things that aren't quite right to be okay because we love the people that we're surrounded by inside the industry we choose be it personal training, yoga, Pilates, whatever. And so we, you know, again, just like in our personal lives, we make excuses for bad behavior because we're, we're, we have to be okay with the choices we make. And, right. and that's a lot to deal with when you're stuck in the muck of that and then you start fishing your way out. But it can be extremely exciting and, and um, fueling. And it's amazing who comes when you open that door and, and, and who's standing on the other side ha having waited for you to do that, right? And so I would say you absolutely have to sit down with yourself and work through what on earth it is you want to teach. Yeah. And also you need to research and understand what's going on in the world of what's safe and what's not. Um, because, you know, that, that would be the second question. It's like, okay, are the things that I'm saying right now actually going to serve people? 
Um, you know, some people get into fitness training um, because, you know, this, this might not sound very nice or popular, but they're, they're ego-filled and they really want to stand in front of a bunch of people and tell a bunch of people what to do. And that makes them feel good about themselves because they get to receive the accolades of people thinking they're brilliant and they need to feel brilliant. So that's why they're doing it. And I encourage people to sit down and go, oh, crap, that might be me. You know, I masked that and decided that I was serving people and helping people and changing people's lives. And and that's freaking great. And I'm right there with you. I mean, it feels amazing to do that to somebody. But are you doing that for you? Or are you doing that for like, are you for real? I think that way, you know, so uh, answering a bunch of hard questions for yourself that you yourself pose. Um, there's, there's just no way to go to the step two, which is I'm going to open up a studio. I mean, a lot of people say that they're like, my goal is to learn yoga, learn Pilates, um, learn all there is about personal training and open up my own gym, yoga, yoga studio, Pilates studio. Okay, great. But that has nothing to do with you because all that, that is, that is uh, something that anybody can do. Anybody at all. I mean, I have a, a, you know, a lot of, a lot of clients who don't know the, about any of that, but they have the funding. They could technically do it and just hire a bunch of people that sound good. And people do that all the time. No, they do. So just to say that <laughs> is like, okay, cool. But what kind of Pilates instructor do you want to be? What do you want your studio to look like? And in addition, or aside from that, if you don't want to do that and you want to be someone's employee, it's just as okay to walk in and say, so here's what I teach. I'm not going to deviate from this. Like I, I did, I did that in, our, in my last uh, studio job where I was an employee. You know, I know that these things are allowed here. I don't teach these things right here that are, that I see are allowed here. And that's just how it is. And yeah. here's why I, I explain it. Like the, the, this is why I'm saying that. Um, and, and for, for these reasons, I can't deviate from that. I can't let, um, these, these kinds of things happen in my classes where I might hurt somebody or they've been doing those same kind of movements in their life. And it just so happens during their hour with me, all of that lead up for 10 years is now crashing down and I get to be the one that hurts you. Um, or, or, or I get to witness the final time in which that kind of movement pattern would hurt you. And now you get to say, I hurt you. Yeah. And I'm just simply unwilling to allow that. So I'm okay with having coworkers that don't like me. I'm okay with having employers that don't like me, which is a bit weird to be hired somewhere where you're not liked, but it's happened. And to, <laughs> um, and to, but to be so crystal clear about how you are that it's a fascinating thing where um, it takes care of itself. You know, just being a microcosm in some, inside of something quite large, your people will find you. You do not have to worry about that. You just show up every day, be exactly who you are every single time. And so that thing that you said where, you know, sometimes people feel the need to, you know, maybe do something slightly unsafe in a class because, you know, maybe that's what the clients want or whatever. And, um, no. No. Yeah. 
Absolutely not. I mean, how do you feel? I know how I felt when I walked away from classes, you know, a long time ago. I didn't always teach like this, um, where I knew better and I still was, I, I essentially let the, the clients who are coming to you because you're the, you're the one that's supposed to be the expert, right? Mm -hmm. But somehow they've, they've just decided that, that it's their class. And you're going to do for them almost like you're their employee or something that they're, they, you know, it's like, no, I, I, I'm, I'm technically the quote unquote expert of the hour. Um, it's perfectly fine to, to have those hard conversations with clients well, um, and, and, uh, and, and let them know that, you know, even if, and that, that can be what you teach them a moment of how somebody who, has the courage and the strength to stick to who they are and teach what they want to teach in a safe way. Again, I'm kind of using myself here. Um, I would rather somebody say, you know what, I'm never coming to your class. The favorite, favorite thing I've ever heard somebody say to me um, when uh, I, we, we, we knew in the middle of the hour, this wasn't Lana last. Yeah. Um, you know, the person who I was working with could not and i mean i i, I gotta i gotta respect it um even though it's like oh um really could have helped you there but um they they really really did not want to stop doing a certain moves with their body that was hurting them yeah and they've literally said that to me i i just well they did not want to see and they did not see how what i was saying was a thing now they also came to me because they were listening to me teach somebody else for a full hour a week earlier. Yeah. But when it came to their hour, what I was saying was so, um, for them, hard to hear. And luckily, they were the kind of person that, that, that was capable of saying to me, I don't like this. I don't want to hear this. This is actually tragic for me. And I'm like, I am so sorry. And I totally understand that. But the thing is, is... This is so important, these things I'm saying right now, that, and, and they're so fundamental to my teaching that I'm never going to allow you to do anything other than this. Um, so, and he, he look, looked at me and he said, you know, and, and um, he disclosed at that moment that he was of Greek descent, and he said, us Greeks only like tragedies in our plays. Good. Oh my goodness. I love and that answer, though. And that's how the session, and I said, man, I hear you. And um, I still see them all the time because yeah. he's my, my colleague's client and we share space and he says hi to me and he's a lovely human. And see, it can go really well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But both of us were true to who we were and we're like, well, okay. And I just said, you know what, it was, thank you for that hour. It was great. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's clear we're not going to end up working together. Right. And I, you know. I wish you all the luck in the world. <laughs> you know, and so it, it's better to have that play out than you show up all the time knowing you're going to diminish yourself, saying half of the things you believe and leaving out the other half of the things that you believe. It's a slow death in my opinion. I don't know why anybody would ever want to teach like that. And it, and it is scary to rip the Band-Aid off of that and not um, basically... Um, divide yourself up between what you think everybody else wants you to be and just really show up and be crystal clear at who you are. It, it can be a little isolating at times. It can be extremely freeing, again, in my opinion, pretty much all of the time. Yeah. Um, and you wind up with 
clients that stick with you for 20 years. Yeah. You wind up with clients who will move with you eight different times to the locations you place your studio at. I have a client, she says, oh, where are we moving now? She just, <laughs> it, it, it becomes inconceivable to separate from you. Yeah. Um, it keeps you recession proof, as Rebecca would say. We experienced that during the 2008 experience. Um, you know, there, and, and you know, this too is something I learned from working with her, um, the money piece. Are you more of a business person or are you more of a um, relationship building person? So I'm more of a relationship building person, which does lead to some seasons or months being a bit dicey for money because they're on vacation or something like that. And you get really good at looking ahead at that and budgeting for that and all of it. Um, or are you somebody that wants a large studio with a lot of people coming through, churning through, so you're always okay financially, um, but you might not necessarily know everybody's name. And neither one of those are bad or, or, or better than the other. It's, it's just a difference in how you want to work. Yeah. Um, I like tiny and small. I like knowing, you know, I've, I've known about um, births before people in their family who maybe should know about them first do. I've known about um, breakups before the person who was about to be broken up with, you know, and then I also knew there are things that you wind up knowing about people because they trust you so deeply. Um, you work with them physically so intimately that you need to know those things. Um, and you become an apology for every other aspect of their life. Um, we've had people come through who with, uh, who have had cancer, who wear wigs and who wear um, maybe um, uh, like a prosthetic, like a, like, well, maybe they've had a um, mastectomy and, and we are a place where you can come in and just take all that off. You can just let it all go. The rest of the world needs to see you the way they need to see you. So they don't have to have a scary moment or an anxiety moment. Um, you, but this space is where you can just literally let it all hang out. And yeah. so, and that, I'm not saying like that's the dirty little secret to making money, but it is the, it is the, um, to be that, that vulnerable as a teacher, that clear about what you're teaching. It, it it's in the air and it, 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 people don't necessarily know what they're picking up from you, but they know that they are really safe. Yeah. And it meant mentally and physically in that, that undefinable way. And that matters a lot to me. That's come to be a really big deal. Um, and the added bonus is your clients stay with you. You know, you, you, you did, you get to have that kind of rest assured. I haven't, I have maybe, uh, five hours a week of work during this pandemic that I have, I, uh, um, I, I don't have right now, Yeah. but I still have 25 to 30 hours booking. Yeah, I've, I have two new clients out of this experience that I'm that I've only now taught through Zoom. They've never been in the studio before, and they're loving it. And it's because I'm teaching me every flipping hour. Yeah, it, it, it's not a diversion. Yeah. And I've become because I'm so insistent about that now, and I've learned how important that is from all of the people that um, have taught me through the years about 
I mean, it was, the, the program was nine months long or a year long and I learned the order and I learned, you know, what exercises not to do when a certain body part hurts. But, and, and that was super great fundamental learning, but everything else that's really made um, me enjoy my work and to be able to um, sustain it and grow it um, and successfully change it when things need to be changed, uh, it, 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 it's, it's not my training. <laughs> it's, it's not my certification at all. That's probably and the experience with most book. teachers though, right? Oh, it's it's sure. as soon as you're exposed out into the real world, it's, it's the clients that teach you. That, and you know, the, the fact that, uh, again, all of those anatomists, that yeah. all, there, there's three of them, one in particular that, that I've spent the most time with. But the cool thing about that is that, um, at least for me, what I took away, which was so valuable, is back to the emotional side of teaching Pilates because your best friends do it and allowing for slop, if you will, as a yeah. result of that, is hearing somebody who is not dedicated to a movement modality just say, this is how it is. Like, this is what I've seen for decades, literally in the inside of bodies with what load does to spines, what bone spurs, how they're created, what these themes and variations for all of us for how we live our lives, the correlation between whatever, you know, era you come from and what is seen inside the body at the muscular skeletal level. Um, and to have somebody just say, this is how it is. It's like, oh, oh my God, yeah. that's, so that's so clean. That's so, again, freeing because all of these oh, well, my training center won't like that, or my employer won't like that, or I just opened my studio and my clients think I'm going to do this, but now I'm rethinking everything. Okay, yeah, maybe you will have to, but I find that very exciting and very like, oh my God, I can drop like 95% of the crap I'm carrying and just put this dear little piece into my palms and take close care of it and I'll work off of that. How clean is that? I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, um, to me, it's very exciting. Um, simultaneously, I understand how scary that can be. If you've been trying to fit, you know, your, uh, as they say, uh, round peg into a square hole. Yeah. So, um, and for, for so many reasons, we're taught to do that. The compliance, right, of, of trying to just be, you know, mistaking being in service for totally robbing the world of who you are yeah. by just, you know, asking what do you need and how can I completely change and morph myself to fit that instead going, this is who I am. Does this help anyone? Yeah. You know, if, if this is what you want, if I can, if, if, if what I'm giving you is, is helpful, please come over here. I would love to work with you on all of these things. Which does not mean I'm, I don't let people be themselves and just, you know, throw myself down their throat. It facilitates and, and invites a really cool conversation because um, it can also free that client up to really allow themselves to um, ask questions about what they're learning. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know I, I didn't set that up right. Just a minute. No, people will say that to me. Oh, okay. I'll stop counting. Um, just being an authority over yourself. Yeah. You know, re really going, I totally know why the inside of Mangany hurts right now. It's that, you know, it's that trajectory or that play-by-play -play that I always do. I know, I played tennis and now, 
I, I get it. I get it. I understand this because you've worked so hard to figure it out. Right. Um, and that you can't unlearn that. You can't unlearn the play by play of how, how you decide to um, try to figure yourself out. And I want that for clients. I want to be able to, you know, it, give them what I know and then help be a part of the conversation of, figure, of them figuring out how they need to synthesize that information into how they need to hear it or see it or feel it. And then they take that as their own. You know, it's like raising kids. <laughs> you know, again, Rebecca calls that teacher-proof, being teacher-proof. Meaning yeah. you can go anywhere um, and, you know, wind up in a class that doesn't feel very safe and go, okay, well, I'm hearing those cues and I'm going to decide they mean this because I know better than that. Mm -hmm. And I want clients to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, badly. Badly. That's like uh, when you so have proud moments where they're their best advocates. Yeah. One of the times where um, Rebecca's studio was thriving the most um, she had printed out, and I do believe it was from the New York Times at the time, I, I, that might not be true. Um, but one of the first things your eye caught, front desk, and our front desk was pretty tall, it was an article that read, is your Pilates instructor a hazard? And we handed that to them. Yeah. So if they, so, you know, it, it helped it didn't necessarily make it so we were going to explain less because it's like, well, now that you've read that article, we can just jump step one and talk about step two. It wasn't that by any means, but in the off chance they left us or didn't stay with us and they read that they would be better equipped to move forward. You know, maybe they moved out of town and we weren't finding the studio that, that fit them. Right. Cause that's something that we, we would do is, um, you know, call studios around that city they were moving to and find out and, and ask questions ourselves that were kind of in that article um, uh, to find out how safe they were, if it was going to be a good fit in that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'd send people out with it as well and they could, through reading it, answer those very same questions and go, okay, walk into a studio and ask these things. And if they can't answer them, you should be a bit worried. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing when you, when you work deep like that and you really dive into who you want to be and understanding the science behind movement, um, you can, there's a calmness because you, you are, uh, you're sure that you're not going to wing it the hour or wing it. And I hope they don't, you know, they like me. I hope they catch, you know, they, they catch on to what I'm trying to do here. And, you know, I hope that they don't ask me a question I can't answer. Um, and that I felt that directly when I was brand spanking new right out of the program, um, working at the training center, I was, I was certified at and people looking straight at you and going, I don't feel anything. And what is this for? Why am I doing this? And the general answer I was told to give was it's good for the body. That's what Joe said. So keep moving and you'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and in intuitively when somebody would ask me that, and like this chemical drop in into my stomach because I wanted to answer it. Um, and I couldn't because I wasn't prepared through my year long training to answer simple questions like, why am I doing flat back on the, on the short box? What is that? Like, what is this for? And it's like, Oh no. I mean, to be a deer in headlights and have somebody ask you something like that or, you know, I'm doing the tree and my, my hamstring isn't stretching. I'm feeling it behind my knee. Why am I feeling it behind my knee? 
and not being able to answer that, you know, yeah. it's like, that is not a fun feeling. And you kind of, you know, you, you wind up at the end of a teaching day after you've had a few moments like that. And it, it, it's not a good, it's not a good sense. It's a different kind of vulnerability that maybe we don't want to experience than the kind I'm suggesting people give a shot at, which is, you know, diving into who you are. So that diving into who you are is the shortest way I can say all of the stuff I just said about how you need to dive into your teaching. Man. Because <laughs> the rest is going to show up. You know, you can read all the books. All, all of the stuff is going to make more sense if you can figure that out first. Yeah. And I, I do want to add on here, like, with just, like, you, and I, I just I want to give that little shout out on you again, because, like, it wasn't until I met you that my pain went away. And how you address the body that all my pain went away. Years and years and years of chronic pain. And so it just goes to show that because you stayed true to the work, you were you help more people because you are spearheading solid in what you need to do for people. Because you also know it works. Like the proof is in the pudding and people put in the patience that it works. Mm -hmm. And if like you don't have faith what you're doing and have to deviate it, then maybe you're not solid in your work. That's wrapping up kind of what you're saying as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. do you want to, I, I know you, you have to run off to a client after this, but is there anything you want to wrap up with or anything you want to conclude with? Oh boy. I know we need, we'll have to have another one of these. <laughs> now we're not yeah. enough. Well, I mean, I guess I would conclude by saying, I hope that was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> So if people want to um, work with you or like, cause you do mentorships too, don't you? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, you can, you can put my, you know, PilatesMission.com email address in, in somewhere. In, in I'll, I'll put it on the descriptions. In the yes. notes, as yes. I hear all the people say in podcasts. Yes. Um, yeah, most definitely. That would be my favorite. Um, and then from there, um, you know, we can have a phone conversation and I'll give you, I'll give you my phone number in a, in a reply email if it seems fitting and, and we can move on from there. Perfect. Well, yeah. Heidi, thank you so much for being on the podcast and absolutely. Ms. I Lee. look forward to having you back. Of course.